moving to this burgundy Bible. Kind of like a physical form of the Bible. <clears throat> How are you guys all doing today, this evening? Good. So we heard about the prayer at the pole. This week was also the first Yogi Bear of the season. So this is a very exciting week in our youth. It's kind of the start of Yogi Bear and then school clubs. Interesting how that works in the same week. If you have and Isaiah six eight, yeah. If you have your uh, your Bible with you, open it up to uh, Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter six, and we're going to read verses seven through ten. It says, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. So it's a a phrase that we've heard many times, especially in in, in the church, especially in the Christian communities. We hear, you know, you, you will reap what you sow. You'll reap what you sow. We hear that a lot. You'll reap what you sow. Uh, People of this world, they kind of took that idea and they twisted and they, and they called it karma and they said you know if you do good to somebody something will be good to you but if we untwist it and we read the biblical version of it it's what you sow you'll, you'll reap in your life and um, Paul is speaking here and, and in verse 7 first thing he says is, is he's saying do not be deceived for God is not mocked so in, in, that, in that first phrase in that first part of the sentence it's like before he mentions any theology before he mentions any point he's pretty much explaining that this is the position of God in our lives this is who he is and this is who we are it says don't be deceived God is not mocked it's it's almost as it's almost as he's speaking to a group of people that were trying to deceive God it's almost as he's speaking to a group of people that were trying to 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 cut corners or find an easy way or find a an easy Christianity Christianity where where you can do some sin but not too much and it's like he's establishing that God can't be mocked. God is who he is. His laws are, are the ones that are set by him and they don't change. This is who God is. And then he says, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So when I was, think, when I was thinking about this passage, when I was thinking about the scripture, the first question that came into my mind is, what are we sowing into in our lives? What am I sowing into? What what am I investing a lot of my time and, and resources and energy into? And, and I began to think about myself. I began to think about my life. And then I kind of zoomed out a little bit. I'm like, okay, what about the church? What is the church sowing into? If we look at, at the bulk of churches in America and even in this world, what are they sowing into? What are they doing? What are they investing in? Then I kind of zoomed out a little more. I'm like, okay, what about... People who aren't in this world, what are they sowing into? What are they doing? And you'll find 
yourself in all of those three categories in, in, in certain moments of your life. You'll find that in some moments maybe you're a strong Christian, in some moments you, you know that you're sowing into something good, and some, in, in other moments you'll, you'll, if you're honest with yourself, you realize that, hey, I'm not pushing as hard as I should be. I'm not doing as much as I should be. I have some weaknesses and, and some temptations that I continue to struggle with, and, and, and I need to fight these. And just a couple of things that a lot of people are, are, are sowing into, or maybe even you can say that society is kind of pushing us to sow into these things. And first thing is uh, finances. It's a very simple thing. It's something we all need to survive in. And there's a healthy level of, of sowing that we need to put into this to, to be able to live, to be able to survive, to pay everything that we need to. But I noticed that many people kind of use that as an excuse to put too much into it. They put too much time, they put too much energy, they put too much of their valuable resource, time, in, 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 into trying to make as many money, as much money as we possibly can. And, you know, that includes our, you know, the kind of job that you pick, that includes the kind of uh, education you're getting. Because a lot of times it seems like we're almost not even fully trusting God when it comes to, to finances. We're kind of like, well, I need to go do this. I need to, you know, go to this college because I want to go into this career because I know if I'm in this career, I'll make enough money to be able to afford everything that I want. And, and, then, and then kind of to piggyback on that, we kind of say, and once I'm doing in that career, I'm able to serve in the ministry and I'm able to, to, to donate to the church and to all these organizations. And it's kind of we build a plan and then we kind of try to somehow fit God in there like a, like a puzzle piece. And, and when you sow into, into your finances, when you sow into your, your job or education in that way, you're kind of missing the whole point. And when this scripture says that, that one day you'll reap what you're sowing, it's one day you'll realize that you're really distant from God. And it's going to be, you know, after you're educated, after you have your dream job, after, you know, you decided to leave the church for a couple of years to make enough money to, to be able to, to relax and work less. And, and you'll realize that you're in a situation that you never expected to be. And you'll realize that you're in a situation where you never even thought that you could end up. You were looking at somebody do the same exact thing and you're like, wow, I'm not going to end up like this guy. I'm going to be different. My life's going to be different. Even though I'm making the same exact decisions, even though I'm doing the same exact things, I'm going to be different. And we end up in the same exact positions. We end up in the same exact spot. And, and we have all this money. We have everything, but God's missing. And it even become, gets to the point where we don't even care that God is missing. We still, you know, we, we, we like to, to say, you know, we're still Christians where, you know, everything's good. You know, especially when we evangelize in Seattle or anywhere in our liberal state, you know, every time we evangelize, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Like Andre was just saying, he's speaking to a guy who's smoking there. He's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a leader of a, of, a, of a rehab group, and everything's fine. You know, everybody's a Christian nowadays. Everybody's a Christian, and, and this is what happens. People begin to chase their own dreams. People begin to do what they want to do, and they begin to fall away from God more and more the more they chase their dreams. And then at the end of it, they're like, wow, I've achieved everything I wanted to. And I'm still a Christian. Look at this. This is so easy. This is so great. And, you know, what, what were those people talking about in the church when they were saying, you know, I need to, I need to, to commit my singleness to God? You know, what, what, what were they talking about when they were saying I need to, to keep him number one? You know, look at, look at how he's blessed me. Look at everything he's done in my life. Everything's great. And it's at that moment that 
you're not just falling away from God. You're already far from God. You're not anywhere near where, where His plans were for your life. You know, the dreams that He had for you and, and, and all that stuff. And, and when we chase that, when we sow, in, sow into that so much, we put so much time and effort. You know, every time, sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't go to this. I have to do homework. Sorry, I can't, I can't come to guys for strength. I have to do homework. Well, what were you doing after school? You know, well, well, I, I just had some free time. I wanted to play video games, but I can't come to Guys for Strength tomorrow because I, I have to do homework. You know, I have to catch up on my homework. And, you know, if you begin to, to decipher all these moments in your life, you'll realize that even to do homework, you know, you can find time to do homework and, and still make it to, to Guys for Strength and, and Girls for Purity and youth and church and youth prayer. You, you'll still have time to do all of this. There's definitely enough time in the day. <coughs> To, to do your homework and, and still do this and not even do your homework on Sunday night before school. You know, start, try to cram it all in there. You know, if, if you're, you know, if you can get yourself to the point of, of maturity where you, you can be disciplined and you get home from school and you're like, okay, I have three hours of free time before youth. You know, tomorrow's Saturday. Tomorrow's, you know, guys for strength. And then we have kids church and, and I want to help out with that. And, you know, I have three hours of time. Why don't I sit down and just do it right now instead of texting somebody, instead of going on Facebook, instead of watching some videos on YouTube? You know, it's just as simple as that. And then, and then, you know, did, did you have time to read the Bible today? No, I had to do homework and I was booked with school and I have this project and I have this thing. When, when was this project assigned to you? Oh, three months ago. Well, what have you been doing for three months? Well... When, when, when you can have that discipline, you know, to, to, to be more efficient with your time. You know, Ksusha knows for me, efficiency is like key thing in my life. If I don't have efficiency, I'm, I'm that's, she probably thinks that's my favorite word. But, you know, it's like we're, we're walking out of the house. I'm like, you know, grab this and grab this. Why don't we make two trips? No, we can grab this all in one trip. If we're not efficient, if we do this in two trips. But you're not comfortable, you're carrying all this stuff. I'm like, I don't care, it's one trip. I'm, I'm wasting half as much time doing this. You know, it's, it's being efficient and, and time is so valuable. And, and the sad thing is most of us realize this once we're married and have a kid and then we're really out of time and we realize, wow, I wasted so much time. So much of my singleness. I wasted it when I could have been doing so much more for God. And it's that discipline that that maturity even to to be able to not do what your flesh wants to do simple as that just to not do what your flesh wants to do and when you sow into that discipline when you sow into that maturity then you'll begin to see blessing in your life then you'll begin to see god taking care of you even if you even if you chose to to take a career where maybe you don't earn as much money as you could have i've had so many situations in my life where Somebody random comes up to me and just gives me an envelope of money. And it happened at every situation. It happened when, when I really needed money for something and I prayed to God. It happened when I really needed money, but I didn't even pray to God. I'm just like, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not even going to worry about this. And then it happened in a situation where I didn't even need money. And somebody just hands me an envelope and I'm like, why are you giving me an envelope? I don't know. God just told me to give this to you. And take it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to set this aside. I don't know why. And then three weeks later, you find out what, why God gave you that money. So many situations in your life when you just trust in God, when you just sow into that trust, when you're just saying, God, I don't care. I can chase this career. I know everyone's pushing me to go in here. I know, but I'm just going to do what I do and I'm just going to trust you and, and just continue to serve and just continue to be in the ministry. And just if I have to, even if my job begins to limit you, I'll find another job. I'll do something, God, but don't, don't let my, my, my work, don't let my education, don't let this take your place in my heart. 
And it's that simple thing, money. It's, money is so glorified in our world and in, in our society. It's, you know, if you have money, you have everything. And I remember earlier this week, I was reading about um, an old singer. Probably those who are a little bit older will know him. His name was Freddie Mercury. Do a lot of you know who Freddie Mercury is? He's the lead singer of Queen. A lot of you probably never even heard of Queen, and that's awesome. And this man was, was the lead singer of this big rock band that was huge in America and everywhere in the world. And then, and then you know, this was before this was even accepted. You know, he comes out as being a gay man and he's flamboyant and he's on stage and he's like, wow, this is so amazing. My life is so great. And, and even him, he was saying quotes like, you know, I have so much money. I have everything I need, but I still don't have happiness. And you're thinking, it's like, wow, this is the guy that, that you know, is, is always glorified. This is the guy that the whole world looks up to. This is the guy that, that, that everybody's just amazed by. And he, and he wrote these amazing songs that don't even make sense if you read the lyrics. And, but, you know, they sound amazing and, and they're wonderful and, and the band is so great. And, then, and he doesn't even have the very thing that he wants more than anything. Because it doesn't come with the money. It doesn't come with the finances. It doesn't come with, with everything that this world is pushing down your throat it just doesn't the only way you can have real happiness the only way you can have true joy is it is when you're in god when you're in his ministry when you're in 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 the harvest fields when you're doing something another thing that that our flesh likes to sow into is our pride just simple as that our pride you know we in the bible it says we'll know that the end times are coming when uh, men will be lovers of themselves you guys remember that place in scripture? Men will be lovers of themselves. I can't think of another time in history where this was more true than when every single person can go open up a Facebook account and post whatever you want and the whole world will read what you're saying because you're so important. You know, you can open up an Instagram account and post your pictures and everybody's amazed by how amazing you are. And everybody's glorifying you and you're getting those likes and you know, you started a YouTube channel and you're getting those likes and you're like, look at me, I have 60,000 subscribers. And, and we begin to pump up that pride inside of us, just with a simple thing like Facebook. Just with a simple thing. And, and a lot of you guys back there are smiling, but the sad thing is this is true. And that's the whole point of these social medias, is to get you to pump your flesh up, is to get you to put yourself out there like, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm so amazing. Look at this picture I took. Look at this video I recorded. Look, look at this cool poem I have to read on, you know, with, with cool music in the background. And you look at it, and it's all so stupid. It really is. And then people are like, wow, this is amazing. This guy is, you know, you know, and then once you build up, you know, your million subscribers, you can literally make a 30 second video of you just standing there doing nothing and people will watch it. Because at that point, you've become almost like God in their eyes. They're looking at you and they're glorifying you. They're like, wow, I'm just amazed by everything you do. Can you just have a camera on you 24 seven? I just want to watch and you think about it, and that's what these social medias are. You, you pump yourself up, you put yourself on a pedestal, and you're like, look at me. Look at my opinion. My opinion's so important. What I have to say is this. You, know, you, you post some link to an article, and you're like, well, this is my opinion about this article. Ha, ha, ha. And you know, if you didn't get a certain amount of likes on that, on that comment, then you know, you, it wasn't successful for you. you know, you're like, oh, I'm losing my crowd. I need to start doing something else. That's what these social medias are. And, and we see this all around. I'm sure you guys see it in school all around you. And, and people are just pumping themselves up. Their pride. And, and the internet in general. You're, you know, when, on last Sunday when I was starting before church. And I was talking about that, that trend in, in U.S. history where Christianity is going down. 
I think that's a big reason why it's going down is because people are starting to, to get so brave and bold on the internet. You know, stuff that people could never speak in public because it was embarrassing. You know, stuff that people would never bring up because it's, it's embarrassing to bring this stuff up. But, but when you're protected by, you know, by your screen and there's nobody around you, people start sharing their opinions and then, you know, it's inside all of our fleshes. You know, we like these sinful things. We, want, we have these sinful desires. And, you know, one, per, one person posted it up. Then another person was like, hey, I was always too ashamed to admit this, but I feel the same exact way. And, you know, and then, and then you start having this group of people that are like, hey, homosexuality is fine. We're all like this. And then, you know, 20 years from now, we'll find out that, hey, you know, it, it's okay to be a pedophile. There's nothing wrong with it. Because people start posting that, hey, there's nothing wrong with this. This is how I feel. These are the kind of thoughts that I'm having and I can't control them. And, and we start pumping up these fleshly desires inside of us through our social media that's directly connected to our pride. And, and, and I, just, I feel boldness to say that the social media is directly connected to pride. Because the whole point of it is, how many followers can I get? How many people can I get to, to listen to what I'm saying? How many people can I get to, to, to like what I'm, what I'm writing? Our pride. Another thing is, is uh, acceptance. You know, we do a lot of things just to be accepted by the people around us. And, and we sow a lot into that sometimes. Sometimes we, you know, that involves our, our money and our pride sometimes. Sometimes we, you know, buy specific clothes just because we know that, you know, that'll help us to kind of fit in with the crowd. That'll help us to, to fit in at school sometimes. You know, we'll buy, you know, we'll spend all our savings, you know, to get an iPhone when you don't even really need it. You know, or to get something where there's really no purpose for it because all you're using it is for, 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 Texting people you shouldn't be texting and, and watching stuff you shouldn't be watching. And, 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 we, and all this stuff just to get acceptance. You know, we're always on the internet. We're always on, on, on Twitter to find out, you know, what the newest jokes are. So tomorrow in school when everybody's talking about this, you know, I, I can laugh with them too. I know what they're talking about. You know, there's those, there's those stupid little, the little pictures with the captions on them. I don't know what they're called. Thank you. See all the, they all know. <laughs> You all know. And, you know, and these things are so popular and they're so funny and they're hilarious. And we're always up there reading, you know, with the newest one. So tomorrow we can all joke around about this. Whereas technically, if you think about it, you know, when Pastor was preaching a couple of weeks ago about holiness, when Pastor was preaching about being separated from this world. Now tell me this, when, when you're always craving to know all these jokes, when you're always craving to, to know what's happening in the world, are you being separated from the world? You can answer that question. You don't have to say it out loud. Answer it in, inside of yourself. Are you really separating yourself from the world? Or are you doing the opposite? Where you're actually becoming one with the world and you're laughing along with it at the things that, that it's laughing at. Because nine times out of ten, we know that these jokes aren't appropriate. We know that it's not funny. It's, it's, it's either something that has to do with perversion or it's, or it's cussing or, or anything like that. And those are things that God despises. And, and we care so much about just being accepted by, by not standing out in school, by not being weird, by, you know, laughing when everyone else is laughing. You know, it's, uh, it's almost, we have this uh, condition, it's called, you know, FOMO. You know, the failure of missing out. You know, we, I remember in Louisiana, Jonathan Stockstill talked about, you know, we don't want to miss out on anything. You know, something new happens, we want, we want to know all about it. You know, we want to read all about it. We want, we want to know all these jokes, we want to see all these images so that we can be one with the people of this world. 
And that's what's happening. And we're sowing so much into that area of our lives. We're sowing so much to become one like the world. That we become less and less like God. And we become less and less like God called us to be. And we're talking less and less about the things that we should be talking about. And more about things that we shouldn't, that shouldn't even cross our paths in any way. You know, there's all those, you know, there's stuff on the news that we read about. Same thing, there's all those viral trends. You know, this video went viral all of a sudden. You know, overnight it has, you know, 60 million views and it's just some cat jumping, you know? Something ridiculous, you know, but we're so obsessed with watching these things because we want to fit in. We're so obsessed to always be on YouTube, you know, you know what, what's new, you know, what's hot, what's, what's popular right now, you know, what, what, what's, what's viral, what's, what's cool, you know. I want to even, you know, find this out before all my friends so, so I can, you know, share this with them and then they'll be like, wow, you're so funny for showing me this. Where you have nothing even to do with the video itself. And this is how the world is built nowadays, it seems like. It's so digital. Everything is so online. You know, if, if you're not online, you know, you're lame. You guys don't even use the word lame. That's what we used when I was in school. I don't know what you guys use. But, you know, you're not cool. You're not, you're not, you're not hip. You're not whatever. You know, fill in the adjective or noun. I don't know what, what it is. But. And that's what our lives, it seems like that's what they're all about. That's what we're focused on. That's what's all around us. That's what surrounds us for eight hours a day often and and if you're not prepared to battle with this if you're not equipped if you're not ready to to go into war every single morning when you wake up this stuff's just going to swallow you this stuff is just going to eat you up you have to understand that hey there's a very thin line between this world and god and yeah there are some things that we can laugh about yeah there are some things that's you know that are that are that are right that are that, that won't harm us but we have to make sure that we know that line and if we ever cross that line you know, and our conscience begins to speak with us, don't shut it up. You know, don't, don't, don't begin to quiet it down and be like, no, 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 this is fine. If you're, if you're doing something wrong in your conscience and speaking to you, re- repent. Just right there, just repent. Just be like, God, I know this is the millionth time I do this, but I, I don't want to have a hard heart before you. God, I don't want to become calloused. God, I, Holy Spirit, I don't want to become callous to the things that you're saying. Even, even though this is the millionth time I'm looking at this, God, just forgive me. Help me to fight. Help me to keep hating this thing. Even if I keep doing it, help me just to keep hating it. So, so I never accept it into my life. So I never think that it's okay. So I never, so I never do And go talk to somebody. Get help. Do something. But don't just start to, you know, quiet down that voice and be like, you know, it's okay, conscience. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. This is fine. Be separated, be holy. You know, be separated from this world. We, you know, we're living in this world, but we're not of it. We're not of it. We're not a part of it. We're just living here. We're just, we're just pioneers. We're just camping. I don't know. We're, we're, you know we're, we're, we're on a trip. This isn't where we live. This isn't our home. Don't get so focused on, on these things. What else do people sow into? We, we talk about money and, and pride and being accepted. and Something that a lot of people sow into is things that are eternal. You know, there are a lot of people in this world, there are a lot of real Christians in this world who are sowing into God's movement, that are, that are sowing into, into the things of God. And we can see a lot of that even in our own church. We can see a lot of that in, in, in some of the churches that we've traveled to or that, that we've been in. You know, in Vancouver, you know, we see that. We see a church that really souls into into <laughs> proclaiming God's word to, around them and into all these young people that come 
And this is what we need to sow into more than anything else. This is what we need to put all our effort into. This is what we need to do everything we possibly can to make sure that when we die, we can say, God, I did everything to sow into this. God, I did everything just to every free second that I had, every moment that I had, I, I, I sowed in your kingdom one way or another. I did something, God. I prayed. I, I, I read something, God. I watched a video that was actually good. That was, that was about your word. That was about, you know, your promises. You know, I watched a sermon. I listened to something. I listened to music that glorifies you. I sang. I did, you know, because every single second that we spend not sowing into eternal is going to be wasted one day. Every single second, every single dollar you spend on something that's not glorifying God on something that's not moving forward his kingdom is just it's a wasted dollar it's a wasted dollar because we can't take any of these things with us when we die we you know the Egyptians thought if they build build these pyramids and you know they put all the treasures you know you'll have it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that you know we so many rich people you know Steve Jobs had everything at, at that point almost the richest company in the world and then he got sick and died and his money didn't save him then and do you think he has that with him where he is now? Do you think he's on his iPhone right now? No, he's not. iPhones can't survive that hot of temperature, unfortunately. But that's reality. This is reality. This is where we're living. And you can't take this stuff with you. And, and when you're focused so much on these things, most likely that's where you're going to end up. Whereas if you focus on God, where you focus on the internal, you're like, okay, I have two hours of, of, of free time right now what can I possibly do to be useful to God what can I possibly do right now to 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 do good to somebody we just read in scripture we just read therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all and especially and especially to those who are in the household of faith so especially to the Christians just like you know I have to what can I what can I do to be good is there anything is there okay I'm in, I'm in this ministry, in this ministry, in this ministry. Is there anything I can do to, to help even myself to get better at something? To help somebody else get better in this? You know, to, to, to teach somebody, to talk to somebody. Is there anything at all I can do? No? Okay. Is there anything I can... Okay, let's help my parents. You know, if I can't help to anybody in the household of faith, you know, let's, let's, let's help my parents who are in the household of faith, but, you know, with stuff that doesn't have to do with Christianity. You know, let's, let's help them. Let's do something good. No? Hmm. Okay, let me walk down the streets, find grandmas, help them cross the street. I don't know. Find something. Do good. Don't just waste time and all this emptiness and all this stuff. And it's such a constant struggle for me personally. I know. And it's just something that we have to constantly battle. Just constantly. Just, I don't want to be doing this. There's so much more productive things to do. It's, you know, in the past, you know, this past week, I have, my coworker had a baby, so I've been on customer service duties. I hate customer service duties. I hate talking to people so much. You don't even understand it. And I never understood that until I started doing these, these customer service. I don't like it. It's so difficult. And I'm sitting there and, and the phone rings and I'm like, I'm just going to let it go to voicemail. I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do this right now. You have to pick it up. You have to do it. And you have to start dealing with these things you don't want to do. You just have to do it. And you pick it up and it's the millionth question for the same time from... The millionth different customer, even though it's right there on the website, on the front page, and they're asking that question before they, because they didn't even read what's on the front page. And they're asking you the same question, and this is the 20th time I'm getting this question today, either by phone or by email. And it's right there on the front page. And I can't just be rude and tell them, hey, it's right on the front page. 
these things that you don't want to do, they're going to constantly be in your life. Whether in your job, whether even, you know, in, in school when you don't want to do homework right now, you know, I want to do this right now, I want to relax right now, I want to go lay on the couch right now. And you just kind of, you, you deal with it, you suck it up, and you're like, well, you know, it, it says, you know, everything you do, do it as if you're doing it for God, right? So, okay, so how, so then that means I got to do this as if I'm doing it for God. And you got to answer the phone, and you got to, even though they can't see your smile, you got to have a smile on your face, and you're going to, and you have to say, Life Pixel, Noah speaking. And they tell you the same thing, and you say, This is the answer, this is the answer. Wow, thank you, you've helped me so much. You're welcome, goodbye. In a more polite way, obviously, but stuff that we don't want to do will always be there. And it seems like, you know, stuff that have to do with, with eternity, stuff that have to do with ministry, they're. A lot of times, they're really things we don't want to do. You know, there's things we don't want to do, and then there's stuff we really don't want to do. You know, read our Bibles every day. We really don't want to do that. There's moments in our life where we're excited, and we're like, yes, I'm going to wake up and read, and this, and then it lasts you two days, and then on the third day, you're like, you know, Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah chapter 9. Israel's being bad. God's punishing them. He's telling Isaiah to go tell them they're sinners. And they repent, and then, and then they're okay with God. And do you guys get excited when, when, you, when you read the, 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 the re, re, repetitive, repetitive stories in the Bible? Do you guys get excited about those, especially when we're in the book of Numbers? I, we didn't read it this year in our Bible plans. We, I think we will next year, maybe. But, you know, we didn't read the book of Numbers. You know, did you guys miss the book of Numbers? You know, did you guys miss the you know, later chapters of, of Jeremiah? And, you know, Ezekiel, you know, Daniel, you know, we've read some of those and we will some of those still, you know. But sometimes you look at your Bible plan in the morning and you're like, man, there's days when I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to read this book. You know, Job, when it's back and forth for almost 30 chapters of the same thing. Job, you've done something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Job, you did something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, it's not exciting. It's not something we want to do all the time. But it's something we need to do. It's something that we just, we have to do. If you want to be a true Christian, if you want to be alive, if you want to walk with God, it's just something, it, there's things that we just have to do. And when we sow into that, when, when we sow into that discipline in our life, you're going to see so many blessings. You're going to see so many blessings when you just sow into discipline, when you just sow into, into doing things that need to be done, not putting them off, not, not ignoring them, just doing them. You're going to be so blessed. And, and, and that's when you'll start seeing God just doing miraculous things in your life. That's when you'll start seeing God just, just begin to open doors that you didn't even see were there and, 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 and put you into, into careers and jobs that you didn't even think were real and that are so perfect for you that you're still able to do everything in your ministries, that you're still able to support everything you need to, and, and, and you're blessed. But when you don't sow into that, when you don't sow into God, you can't expect the benefits that come with God. You can't expect the benefits that come with Christianity when you're not sowing into it. And true Christianity, and I don't know why you boys are all laughing back there. It's been almost 10 minutes every time I look at you, you guys are smiling. And when you sow into those things, when you sow into those parts of your life, you'll be blessed. And you'll begin to see God working in, in your school clubs. And you'll begin to see God working and helping you pick the right career. And helping you pick, you know, which college to go to or which school to go to. Or whether to go to school or to not go to school. And He'll lead you in everything. 
And even if you go to college, you'll still have time to do everything that God's calling you to do. Because when He leads you there, you know, it doesn't make sense for God to lead you into college just so that you can stop doing all your ministries. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for you to, to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm in this, you know, four-year career in my life where God just doesn't want me to do anything for His kingdom. He just wants me to study and focus on myself. It's silly. It's ridiculous. It do, God doesn't work like that. If God leads you somewhere, if God, if God is putting you in a, in a specific area, that means that you are there and it's possible for you to do everything that He wants you to do on top of that. And if He's leading you, that means He's going to lead you to a place where it's possible. And if you ended up in a place where, I don't have time for this, I don't have time to do this, that means God didn't lead you there. And while we're young, while we have a chance to fix it, it's, it's a good time to do that. It's a good time to, you know, when you're living with your parents, it's a good time to change careers, or it's a good time to leave your job if, if you're not where you're supposed to be. Because I remember when I lived with my parents, it was so nice. Just every paycheck you get, you know, a small chunk of it goes to, to help my parents. And then, bam, I can buy all these guitars, I can buy all these pedals. Since I got married, I haven't bought one pedal. Just as... Because there's other things. There are more important things to, to focus on. There are more important things. And if there's ever a situation where I need a pedal, and I really do for my ministry, and you guys might laugh, but as a guitar player, you might understand that, okay, there are situations like that. You know, we'll, we'll find money for it. You know, God, God will provide for it, and then I'll be able to do that. But it's not just like, well, I like all this stuff anymore, so I'm going to keep buying it. Well, when you're single and you're living with your mom's house, it's kind of like that. And then when you grow up and you're mature and you're like, wow, I wasted so much money that I could have used, you know, in ministry. I, I've, I've wasted so much money that I could have just had saved up right now and I could have been traveling all over the place to all these mission trips and doing all these amazing things and, and you know, build the church in Mexico myself, you know, with the money I just didn't waste while I was a teenager. And sadly... Most of us realize that when it's too late. And so that's why when you're young, if you can be disciplined, if you can kind of find that beauty of singleness, find that beauty of, hey, I'm not bogged down by anything right now in life. I just, it's just me and, and God and my parents. But, you know, it's just me and God and I'm living here and, you know, I can do so much right now. And there's an interesting phrase at the, uh, the end of verse 9. All right, let's just read the whole verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So it's interesting the way Paul worded it. He didn't just say you'll reap good if you sow good. He says you'll reap it if you don't lose heart. He says you'll reap it if you don't give up. You'll reap it if you don't stop. If you continue to do it, if you continue to sow into it, if you continue to move forward, if you continue to run, if you, if you continue to take part in this lifelong marathon, then you'll, then you'll reap it. Then you'll reap it. If you don't lose heart, if you don't, if you don't just throw it away and give it up. And in Mark 13, 13, Jesus said, You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Then he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So it's that same idea. He's saying, you know, those who don't give up, those who don't lose heart, those who endure to the end. 
And it's difficult to be standing alone sometimes in our schools and in our, in our workplace. It's difficult sometimes because it seems like even the people who are quote-unquote Christians, it seems like they're against us at some points. And it's difficult to stand alone, but Jesus clearly says, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. He says, you'll be hated all. He's telling you, you're going to be standing alone. You're going to be left alone. There's going to be nobody around you in some moments of your life. And we're going to find that that happens in our life more and more often. That you're alone. In, 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 especially in, you know, in school and at our workplace where we're surrounded by our coworkers and surrounded by people who aren't safe. We're going to find that oftentimes we're left alone. Oftentimes nobody agrees with us. Oftentimes we're the wacko ones. We're the crazy ones. We're the ones that are, that are sticking out like a sore thumb. We're, you know, the one white sheep in the crowd. You know, we're, we're that weirdo that stands out, you know, and everybody agrees on a certain point and you're like, I can't, my conscience just doesn't let me agree with this. You know, and I was dealing with one customer today and they live in Canada and I had to ship a package to Canada and when you ship internationally, you have to put the value of the package there. And I was honest, I put the value of the package because I'm not going to lie about the value of the package. And she calls me and she's mad and she's yelling at me and she's like, why didn't you just put $10 like we did so that we're not charged with a fee? We had to pay a $96 fee because we got this package received. And I'm like, sorry, but I can't lie about the value on the package. I'm like, I try to be honest. I try to be honest. You know, I was honest with you when I told you you're going to get charged with a fee because we usually don't do this. I, I was honest with you and I have to be honest with the company. I can't just lie just because it benefits you. Because my sin is going to benefit you, you know. I'm, I'm supposed to, you know... And I, and I explained to her, I'm like, I'm sorry, I just can't lie. And we're going to be in those situations. And, and I could tell by her voice, she's like, what a weirdo. What do you mean you can't lie? Everybody does this. You just put $10 on the package. Who cares? And there's going to be more and more situations like that where you're like, well, I want to choose to have integrity right now. I want to choose to be honest right now. I don't want to lie just because it's going to benefit you or benefit me. You know, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's not easy, I'm going to tell you the truth I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the right thing and it's and most times the truth isn't going to get you into a good spot most of the time the truth isn't going to get you in, into having a good relationship with, with you know a close friend usually when you tell somebody the truth that's when sparks begin to fly that's when that's when people begin to get angry at you that's when you begin to stand out and, and you're the weirdo and that's what Jesus said he said you will be hated by all for my name's sake he said you will be hated by everyone around you and if this isn't happening in your life, if you're not in situations where you're constantly singled out, if you're not in situations where, where it's almost like everybody's ganging up on you for, for having Christian morals and values, then something's probably wrong. Something's not right. I mean, if you're fitting into the world that much that you don't look any different or act any different, then what are you doing? You know, what's happening in your life? What decisions are you making? How are you a true Christian? You know, what... What is separating you from this world? What is making you holy? You know, when you don't have that. And that's really all I wanted to speak about, about sowing into, into, into discipline, about sowing into internal things, about sowing into the things of God, because everything in this world is going to fade away. Just as simple as that. That's what the Bible says, and that's, that's the truth. Everything is going to fade away. Everything that we see, all our... 
you know, in, in Revelations it says, you know, when we're in heaven, you know, there will be a time where there will be no more tears, no more shame, and no more fears. And, you know, there's a song like that. But that's time's not right now. And right now is a time of, of, of us struggling. Right now is a time of us just working hard and, and, and doing everything we can just to please God. And just to make sure that our life, our, our life is pure before Him, that our life is separated from this world, and that we're true Christians. That, that's what our task is in this world. And if we're constantly fitting in, if we're doing the same things, then, then we're not separated. And we're not holy in God's... God's not going to cover us and God's not going to bless us and you won't get to reap His benefits in your lives. And um, we're going to pray here in a few minutes and, and then after that we're going to kind of have a little short harvest prayer. We're going to pray for our school clubs and we're going to pray for Yogi Bear because these are things where we need to stand out. This is something where you know, there are millions of other Christian clubs out there, but for some reason the kids who go to these Christian clubs are the same as the kids who don't go to Christian clubs. And, you know, and, and we're going to be in moments where we just need to stand out, where maybe even all the Christians will gang up on us, and you're like, what do you mean people are going to go to hell? Well, that's what the Bible says. Because when we're going we're to pray for you all, but before that, let's just kind of um, pray with this message in heart. We shall reap if we don't lose heart. Just to sow into the right things. Let's all just stand up and we're going to just begin to pray.